With the showing agent in the TC and a solo agent, you can easily get to over 100 units with no problem. Now, the reality is most agents don't get there because they don't focus. They, they ride the roller coaster. They do three sales, then they do one sale, then they do zero sale, then they do four sales. They ride the roller coaster because they're not consistent and they don't have control over their life. They kind of just are floating through it and having and reacting to the things around them. So the key is if you want to improve your profitability, you need your business plan. You need to stick to it. You want to follow a calendar that's fairly regimen, not too regimen, but you want to really like be critically thinking about how you're using your time. Time is the most valuable asset you have. You want to get out there and you want to figure out what variables are going to move the needle the fastest. Welcome back, real estate rock stars. I am Shelby Johnson, and today I'm here with John Brooks out of Jacksonville, Florida. He's been an agent since 2016, and in his first four years, closed 360 transactions with a small powerhouse team, him and his wife, which is like insane numbers. And now he owns the number one independent brokerage office in Northeast Florida by volume. They launched in 2020 and have 170 agents. They do 600 million in volume annually, plus 1,700-ish closings. And as I was stalking John before this, I went over to his Instagram. You guys should check him out. I am John Brooks, and that's John, J-O-N, without an H. But anyway, his first little tag post on there was how he went from 80000 in debt to a multimillionaire in five years. So listeners, this one is for you. If you are interested in figuring out the story behind that, which I am, and also if you're an agent who's doing solid production now, maybe like a three to eight million in volume range and looking to double next year, John also specializes in you, you people, as well as profitability within your business. So John, welcome to the show. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks so much. I'm really grateful to be here. Dude, of course. All right. I want to know. 80000 in debt to a multimillionaire in five years. This sounds like a wild ride. I'm buckling up. Let's freaking go. John, hit me. <laughs> well, you know, it, I graduated from Virginia Tech in 2013. And so that's when my life really you know, started in the finance world. I, I graduated with a finance degree. And sure enough, I came right out and I was living in my mom's basement. <laughs> And um, I worked in downtown Washington, D.C. as a tax policy analyst, and I hated it. I hated it. I hated where I lived. I hated what I was doing. And I just needed to find a new way to escape. I, you know, I just felt trapped. Um, I don't know if anybody else relates to that, but it's really tough when you're graduating college to kind of find your footing. So for me, I relocated um, to Jacksonville, Florida in 2014 with my girlfriend and got another corporate job, hated it again. And when we went through our first real estate transaction, purchasing our first home, it was a horrible experience. The listing agent, um, we knocked, you know, it actually, we, we made an offer and basically the listing agent didn't present it. So I went over and knocked on the door and made a deal with the seller directly. Dude. And the seller was pissed off at their listing agent too. So, so then I sat there at the closing table and I saw how much money this person made off of the transaction. I was like what am I doing? Like I'm sitting in a corporate office, like working 14 hour days doing real estate investment banking at Deutsche Bank. And I could be making six, $7,000 to close one transaction. Um, and two weeks later I got my license and quit my job. And that's how I got into real estate sales. <laughs> Damn. I feel like that's such a relatable story. It's like a lot of agents are like, Oh, well I got into real estate because and actually same. Like I closed my first deal as an investor and my agent really didn't do anything. And I was like, dude, they literally did nothing and made this much money. Like I can do that. Uh, and then little did I know real estate is actually really hard, <laughs> but um, John, okay. So very cool. You got your license and the rest is history, but how did you, you got your license, you quit your job. Can you take us from there? Yeah. I mean, like you said, like real estate's really hard. No one, no one told me it was hard. So I just got to the ground. I was like, oh, like, I guess I need to like door knock. So I'm going to door knock like a thousand homes in the next two days. Right. Like no problem. Like that's, you know, there wasn't any real expectations at the company. I, I joined a big box company um, and thought I could make money doing property management. Quickly realized that you don't make money doing property management. You just inherit headaches. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've done every uh, mistake, you know, possible out there. And then, um, then I just started selling real estate. I, I called the people that I worked for before and said, do you guys want to invest in real estate? One of them said yes. And they sold a home. I started calling old rental leads, you know, started manning the front desk. I did open houses every single weekend. I 
went out and door knocked all my neighbors' doors. And by the end of my first year, I had sold 66 homes and $12 million, which, you know, was back in 2016. <laughs> so it's, you know, 2016 numbers. And then uh, this is fast forward the next year, you know, I was 24 years old. So right now I'm 32, by the way. And um, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, you know, married with three kids. Um, but, you know, back in the day, it was just me and a dog and um, my girlfriend, who's now now my wife, uh, Brittany, and she's the broker owner of Momentum Realty. But to, to just stay there back in 2017, I didn't know what I was doing. I joined another company that was amazing, Keller Williams, um, where I learned how to build a team. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know that was allowed. My other company, they never really talked about it very much. So I failed through that. I went through like 15 to 20 people until I found you know people that I was really excited to do business with. That year, I sold um, 74 homes for 20 million. So I started getting smarter on my price point and being like, okay, I'm only going to take you know clients that are over 250,000. And the other people, it's not that I'm not going to serve them. I'm going to refer them out to somebody who has the availability to serve them um, and, and see those type of homes and is specialized in those type of homes. The third year, I convinced my wife, Brittany, to come in and we crush it. She, uh, she sells 66 homes her first year, just like I did. I was selling mine. So we ended up closing, you know, we, we made over a million dollars that year. We were investing in real estate all along the way. And then um, we had our first kid in 2019. And that kind of changed everything for us where we're like, how do we build a business that makes this much profit, but doesn't require all of our attention day to day? Um, and us being basically phone jockeys, because that's what we were doing. And so we decided, look, we did it in three years. We don't know anybody else in our area who's done this in three years and become a million net worth millionaire in three years. Who else wants to learn this? And we we're like, look, maybe we'll help like four people next year in in building their businesses. And we opened the company. And by the end of the year in 2020, during COVID, <laughs> um, we uh, we ended up getting seventy four agents at the brokerage, and it just got it just caught fire at that point because people were adopting the systems and models that we had built, and it just it just took off from there. So it was a really really good experience. So yeah, like you said, today we're doing six hundred million. We got one hundred seventy agents. There's low turnover in the company, and it's uh, it's, it's been really fun. Dude, I think it's so funny how casually you say all of these things. <laughs> there was like a lot of times where I wanted to put my hand up and be like, stop. Can we just stop at how you sold 66 in your first year? Like those are insane numbers. And actually, I do want to go back to some of that because um, you mentioned like failing through it, which I totally understand. Anyone who in real estate understands that. Um, but still, you must have been doing something right to close 66 homes year one and then 74 homes year two. So are you naturally systems oriented? Are you like a natural salesperson? Can you talk about some of the skills or processes that were most impactful? Yeah, I mean, it's a personality profile thing. So it's high execution. So I think a lot of people think too much and try to build something really complicated. And the reality is the simpler, the better. And so for me, I just lead generate six to eight hours a day. I mean, that's like, what else is there to do? And I always wonder what people are doing with their time. So I, you know, I'm calling 500 people before noon on a triple line dialer. I figured out the single line dialer is a little too slow for me. It wasn't enough pickups. And while I'm, you know, on the triple line dialer, I'm, I'm, you know, printing out mailers and writing mailers to people while I'm doing door knocking, I'm listening to podcasts. Like I'm doing every, like if I'm at an open house, I'm calling expireds you know, when it's slow and Fizbo's that are in the neighborhood, like you you just use how you use your time determines everything else beyond there. And so I'm able to determine in my business, which variables, because I track everything, which variables are going to move the needle the most in my business and how then can I best use my time? Um, and it does take a little bit of time and data collection to get it all together, but that's ultimately how it happened. And I started getting smarter every single year. Then I started selling luxury. Then, you know, was getting referrals and I had a 120 database touch program every single, um, every single day. So it's a combination of just taking the action and building the system, but keeping it really simple. Here's a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Ryan Pineda. If you are trying to grow your real estate investing business, then you need to join us at Wealthy Investor. You have no idea what Wealthy Investor is. It is our coaching program and community. We have helped thousands of students worldwide grow their business. Now, it doesn't matter if you're just getting started and you're trying to get that first deal. We can help you do that. If you're trying to scale your business and go from a few deals a year to a few deals a month or even seven figures a year, 
we can help you do that too. In fact, last year alone, we had over 30 students do over a million dollars in revenue. And I'd love for you to be the next one. So it's pretty simple. If you're trying to grow your business and wholesale more homes or flip more homes or buy more rental properties, then you need to go to wealthyinvestor.com and book a free call with our team. It's super simple. We'll go on a strategy call with you and figure out how we can help you grow according to your needs. So all you got to do is go to wealthyinvestor.com, book the free call with the team, and we'll see you there. Now back to the show. Okay, so using your time wisely and identifying what has the most return for your time, right? So yep. you mentioned a lot of things. You're making calls, you're doing mailers, you're doing door knockings, open houses, calling expires, all the things. Yep. And you mentioned tracking everything. So does this lead into actually the tool that you are providing our listeners, this data dashboard template? Yeah, the dashboard template. So I was um, Keller Williams' youngest mastery coach. It was a great program. So Of course you were, John. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And, you know, I had the privilege to learn under Gary and Jay and some of the awesome people over there um, at the company at Diana Kokoska. And so one of the things that I noticed when I was coaching my agents that were working with me is they didn't have a place that was just simple, right? Everybody's got this complicated CRM, this like crazy follow-up thing. And I was like, man, I've been using this Excel spreadsheet. Why don't you guys start using this Excel spreadsheet? And we'll just go over it every time we meet. And it requires you to put in your numbers so I can actually coach you. Cause if I don't have your numbers, I can't help you. Um, I'm like flying, it's like flying a plane blind or trying to give advice to somebody when you have no idea what their actual reality looks like. So I built this little template. You guys can, you know, I don't know if you're going to share it. Shelby in the show notes or something like that. Yeah, I'm right, it I just am. keeps you focused. <laughs> it just keeps you focused on the main variables that matter and then dig digs down into it. So if you fill this out, you're going to instantly get a lot more clarity in your business than if you don't have it filled out. And you're going to be able to take more action because of that clarity. And listeners, just so you know, if you go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and click the toolbox, this will be uploaded in it. It is John's dashboard template. And it is, it's a Google Doc and it has, um, you know, a lot of pre-filled information on what you should be filling in as well as examples. So hopefully as you go through it, it'll be pretty simple for you to fill out. And that way you can maybe be like John when you grow up. <laughs> Everyone wants to be like John when they grow up and have you know a clear idea on what actions are generating the most return for you in your business. Is that correct? Yeah, it starts to shoot at you right away. You know, what what's what's working and what's not working or maybe you're not working. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is a Actual possibility. Um, okay, so you were lead generating six to eight hours a day, and you were tracking everything to identify what was working, what wasn't, so that way you could cut the fat on what wasn't working and probably double down on what was. Were there any, what were some fun realizations that you had? <laughs> the first year was price point. So I had spent you know, it's good to do the low price point in my first year because I got to learn all about foreclosures. I got to go to all these inspections. I got to learn everything there is to know about a house. So if you're a real estate agent, you, you should go to your inspections. You should learn the difference between the roofing types, the siding types, the plumbing. All that stuff is going to make you really valuable. You need to know how to figure out what the age of the HVAC is by reading the serial number. You want to go to the inspections and learn as much as you possibly can. That's what I did. It worked for me. Um, but my second year, I realized that I spent probably 50% of my time on like five clients and they were the most headache clients and they were all in lower price points. And I just decided, look, I'm, it's not that I'm not going to serve these people. I'm going to find somebody else who wants to learn those skills that I did and has the availability to do it like I did. So that way I can continue to grow my company. And you need to be really specific on who you want to serve. So we call it the four P's. You need to pick your price point right? For me, it's like over 450. Um, that's what it was. You know, you need to pick your perimeter, like which areas you're going to serve. I only served three zip codes. If I was outside of the zip code, I would try to refer it out. I don't like to drive more than 15 minutes in any direction. You need to just, you need to figure out what your personality profile is that you want for the person, like who is your ideal con you know, customer. Um, and then you need to figure out the product. So am I selling a condo? Am I selling a townhome? Am I selling single family home? Am I selling homes in luxury, you know, gated communities? 
you got to figure out what your four P's are so your business plan starts to come together. So if you don't have those written down, I would write them down and get them together because the more clear you can get on how you're going to make your money, the more likely you are going to make your money. Dude, price point was a huge one for me too. You yeah. one because I I got into I was an investor first in my mind, and so I was like, I want to work with investors. You know, this will be great. And then I realized that investors are the cheapest. <laughs> they want you know whatever's listed, and then twenty, thirty thousand below that. And they also are crazy over every inspection. Not every, I'm generalizing, of course, but I'm just relating that the fact is absolutely. I also went through that same struggles, but like you, dude. I learned so much. Like it's it's that learning and the pain through the difficult clients and price points and foreclosures, weird things going on that you're like, wow, I know so much about real estate now, which is really cool. But okay, so we got we got your price point, perimeter, personality profile, and product. And what are those things? So you mentioned price point is one of the things you left behind. So which was 450. You mentioned the zip code already. What was your personality profile? Yeah, so I'm looking for people like me. So, so most people who um, are your target ideal client are wired similar to you. Like you are your ideal customer for, for most people, right? Unless you're really a product niche. Um, so for me, I'm looking for people who are generally, and I'll serve everybody, but generally the people who I'm going to attract are going to be similar to me. So they're going to be finance oriented. They're going to usually be younger in nature. They're going to be looking at things from an investment investment perspective, those are generally the clients that I work the best with. And if I'm not that best fit, then I can pass it off to another team member who is a better fit for them. That's going to get give them a better experience and maybe understand where they are in their life, right? Because we have different seasons of life. And I want to make sure that I'm going to be in the season of life as somebody else who's going to understand deeply what the other person is going through and going to be able to better serve them. And the product, you mentioned luxury. Is that the transition you made? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I was calling expired and I was just so tired of calling the 200,000 because I'm in Jacksonville. So it's like 250,000 was the average. And one day my coach was like, why don't you just flip it and just start calling the luxuries first? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, and then I avoided doing it for like two days and told him I was doing it anyway. You know how it is. And then uh, I, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to make the calls. Um, cause I'm so tired of this. And so I did, I, I just ended up crushing it. I ended up taking like two, $3 million listings in the same neighborhood and then just farming it. And it just took off from there. Oh, so beautiful. My, my average, uh, price point year one was $155,000. And so like, if you can do the same amount of work and get like a couple million for that closing too, John, so smart. <laughs> <laughs> took okay. me time. I mean, yeah. other people, I think they figure this out pretty quickly, but now we teach this stuff. So, you know, it's not, it's not obviously clear to everybody. You shouldn't take every client. Um, now, when you have a business plan and you, and you know what your four P's are, things become a lot easier, you know? And then I would say in 2017, the other thing that we did was, you know, I was going to all these different zip codes. I was like, why am I driving all around town? Like I shouldn't be doing this. So instead, if it wasn't in a zip code that I was serving, I wanted I wanted to make the money off of it. So we set up a showing agent model. So we had five showing agents that would pay $25 a door where if it was out of our area for a buyer, we would set up showing agents to go do the showings if it wasn't in our 15 minute radius. And that's what you and your wife did back in the day. Yeah, yeah we did it. Yeah, because we, we just got like super slammed. The referrals were rolling in. Everything we were doing, you know, as year three, things started compounding really quickly. So we had to get leverage and we were really tired of training people who then wouldn't show up and all this stuff. So we were just like, you know what, forget the traditional model that we're being taught. Let's just get a bunch of showing agents and just pay them $25 a door, teach them how to show a home, how to go from left to right, how to, you know, how to tell the HVAC thing, how to, how to communicate with us after the showing so that we can follow up with the customer appropriately. And that worked better and the customers liked it better than the, than the buyer agent model. Um, because they still got to work with us from the phone, but they got the physical experience by being able to go on demand anytime to the house without having to work within our schedule. So immediately we got like 50% of our time back and the customer was having a better experience. So we tracked that by our reviews. Perfect. Uh, okay. I'm listening to this and I'm like, damn, I want to do that. How are you, how did you find your five showing agents? It was really easy because 90% of agents don't have enough business. So if you reach out to people, you know, cause I was doing it when I started, like I was like, I just need gas money. I started filling rentals. There's a lot of brand new agents in the industry. 
latch on to them. You're a top producer. You have the influence. They There's going to be agents who reach out to you. Those agents who reach out to you, don't just be like, nah, I'm not going to spend any time with these people. Get them in your ecosystem and see if they're any good. And then try to train, like trade training them for them doing leverage activities for you. And that's what we did. And so we would get like five, like honestly, five to seven people. And we actually had them in a group chat and we'd be like, showing at this time, at this location, who wants it? And then the first one grabs it. Then we would text connect them, group text chat them with the customer saying, hey, here's the person who's going to be showing you the home. And we, we do buyer consultations. So none of this is a surprise to the customer. We sit down, we do a buyer exclusivity agreement, loyalty agreement, whatever you want to call it. And so we explain what our process is, how they're going to be shown homes, whether or not it's going to be with us or with somebody else. And they understand like you need to get into these houses quickly and you need to get in the house on your time schedule instead of waiting for me. So they they have the expectation already built in because that's like the biggest objection from agents is, well, it's not me and I'm I'm my brand and they're going to steal my customer. Guys, this doesn't happen. If you set the proper expectation, then you can literally do anything because buyers only buy a home every five, seven, 10 years. You basically decide what the process is, but you got to tell them what it is and how it's going to work. Dude, I so agree because people use that same excuse for not hiring transaction coordinators or listing coordinators. And I'm like, it's it works. I promise. I've lived it. It's just you have to manage those expectations and, you know, essentially sell the process up front. People hate the word sales, but like life is sales. But OK, this this actually goes on to my next question, which is about leverage. So you have these showing agents. What other leverage do you have in your business at this point? Um, virtual assistant yeah, that does transaction coordination. And then um, we use Fiverr for, <laughs> for marketing stuff. So we, we tried, you know, our profitability was like 75% when we sold, you know, when we did a million dollars in GCI in one year. And so we like to stay really lean, really simple and focus on lead generation, focus on a great client experience, um, which more than we got eight, more than 80% of our customers give us five-star review and our target was 90%. And just, just keep it simple. I think a lot of people, they try to make it too complicated. They try to do too many things at once um, and they overthink things. And, and we didn't do those. Um, and that's, I think, what caused us is to be really focused. Now, it, it didn't come without struggle, there was definitely a lot of struggle. We had a lot of coaching. My ego got really freaking big because, you know, I was like top dog in the in the marketplace and I pissed off a lot of people. I've since grown that since then and got a lot of coaching and was willing to work on myself and things like that. So, I mean, it's, you're just going to get, it's a roller coaster, but the direction, the trajectory has always been up and that's the most important thing. Quick pause. Are you looking for new ways to lead generate? Aaron built his own software to generate off-market seller leads and just released a version for you. PropHawk is the most efficient and least expensive software out there designed to get you talking to sellers within minutes. With all the data of PropStream, the CRM power of InvestorFuse, and texting capabilities of launch control, you can get everything in one system for a fraction of the price of those others. Your investment is just 20 bucks a month and includes an hour-long free free onboarding call so you start talking with sellers today. Go to prophawk.com and sign up. Now, back to the show. Two quick questions on the virtual assistant for the TC. Was that like by transaction, pay at close, or were they on like a salary? And be the reason why I ask is because are they strictly doing contract to close tasks or did you have them being like a TC plus type of deal? Just anything in email. So we, we, anything that does paperwork or email or doesn't need to be done by us through a like conversation goes to them. So like Brittany's com complete email inbox is managed by a virtual assistant that responds as her, you know, as long as it's not like a, a legal contract question or something like that. Like it's just put giving them information or sending out like a fillable form with the correct information. Now Brittany goes back and checks all of it at the end of the day to make sure it's done, but she's not sitting in her email inbox the entire day. So we hire somebody in the Philippines, it's like $1,200 a month. And they, the f people in the Philippines, they work so hard. Um, we bonus them all the time. I mean, they just do a phenomenal job. They're steady, there's low turnover. We're really big fans on of virtual assistants. Um, there's no drama, there's no, you know, anyway, we Sam. just really enjoy the experience of the virtual uh, assistants. Sam, full support. <laughs> okay, that that's a, the VA 
um, TC side with fiber and marketing, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, you just, whatever you need, you need a marketing piece, just go to Fiverr, find somebody yeah. and pay them. I meant, I meant for you, like, are they posting on your socials for you? Are they doing, when you say marketing, are you talking about well, like mailers or are you talking about like your online presence? What does that look like? Yeah. Mailers, email campaigns, stuff that's like template based where they can just plug and play and then we can review it. That's good. For all my social media stuff and my newsletters, I've got a newsletter that people read. It's like 16,000 people read it every time I post it. It's pretty cool. I, it was just like a hobby thing since college, but it's it started to take off um, because people like the content. And that's honestly how we've grown our real estate business to the size where it's at. We don't have any marketing department or recruiters. It's all been from word of mouth and personal experience. And that's that's a really big thing for us. Um, so the, the newsletter is called Think Big, Question Everything. It's on a sub stack and it's, uh, yeah, it's changed the game for us. We don't have to, we don't make outbound calls. We have people call us who want to join and it makes, it makes a world of a difference. You're, you're recruiting by attraction versus just sitting on the phones, trying to convince people that your ceilings are higher than their ceilings. Your, your lights are better, you know, brighter than their, than their lights, blah, blah, blah. Um, the unimportant stuff, you know, shiny object attraction versus, you know, them naturally being attracted to the content that you put out there. Yeah. The, again, as I was stalking you beforehand, the <laughs> title of the newsletter is very intriguing. That think big question, everything like that. It speaks to me. I'm like, I'm damn, I'm going to go subscribe now. Behind that, because yeah. it didn't just come out of nowhere. You know, I got into the top 100 room at, you know, the franchise I was at and the conversation was around, profit. And it really bothered me that I was like a two person team making $750,000 in my third year in real estate. And there were people in there with like 500 agents that were break even, but they were the ones who were speaking on stage and they weren't representing the models of the company that were being put out there and in, uh, in the books. And I actually brought this up with leadership several times and I, they actually ended up requiring profit and loss statements for the next event. Whoa. Which kind of changed the mentality. And guess what? The stage went from like 100 people to 20, which just goes to show you that, you know, 80% of people on social media showing their sales and stuff, they're full of shit. Full of and they shit. don't, they don't, it's not real. It's fake. And then if, the problem is if you model yourself after, after somebody who appears real, but isn't, you're fucked. And that's a, that you're just, you're modeling a broken model. And so it's just like, if you're trying to like lose weight, but you're like modeling yourself after a fat person, like, it's just not, you're not going to lose weight. You're going to end up like the person you're modeling, but you don't have the data to be able to see what reality is. And so our company is all about providing reality. That's what the newsletter is about. Looking deeper, looking at the numbers, providing transparency, asking questions um, before taking action. So, cause we made all those mistakes. We were copying people. We're like, oh my gosh, that person's doing this many units. And then we just started thinking like, screw the units. How much profit are they making? What is their lifestyle like? What are their relationships like? And what are their health? What is their health like? So we had like four buckets that we would interview people on before we would decide to take advice from them. And that's kind of what guided me and Brittany to have a better life is asking those questions. And a lot of people, if they're afraid to answer the question or don't, yeah, it's it, like the, the best people are people that tell you how it is and be really honest with you and be okay with saying, I sacrificed this for that during this period of my life. And I was, and I'm good with that bet. It's better to get that transparency so you can see what the downsides are with every single model. Yeah. And I'd much rather hear from someone who also had the confidence to be like, well, I don't have it all figured out. You know, like this is what I'm doing and it's not working. Um, but this is what I'm thinking of trying. You know, I just feel like that is so much more appealing than, like you said, the people who, and everyone's so full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It drives me nuts. But okay. Um, right now, like people are still posting their 2022 numbers, you know, and it's like, man, like that was, that was a year ago and that was, you know, the Federal Reserve was responsible for that great year, not you. And yeah. now it's starting to expose you. Yeah. Okay. And that's also how I feel because you mentioned that you are an investor as well. Yeah. So I, I did, you know, I've been investing before I even got my license and I started investing at the end of 2017. Numbers were way better than they are now. And people on the internet are still talking about like cash flow and how their short term rentals are working and all this stuff. And yeah. I know that it's market specific, but like I started short-term rentals in 2019 
And by the end of 2022, I shut them all down and like went on the internet and was like, Hey, you know, every market's different, but this is not working anymore. And I'm not going to let and be like, yeah, I'm a short-term rental investor when, when times change and it's not always beautiful. Well, thank you for doing that because we need more voices that provide reality instead of just this smoke and mirrors that are just trying to prop our, our egos up. So thank you. Like props to you for doing that. That's awesome. Dude, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, John, I have a question though. So this, the think big question, everything newsletter, who is the target audience? Like is, is the content um, geared towards real estate or is this like holistic life? It's just whatever I'm inspired by. I've had a blog since <laughs> like high school. Um, and so I just, I like writing. I like communicating through writing. I actually don't like the podcast format as much for me personally. Get out. You're done. I, I'm sorry. I'm shame. Shame. Um, I, I really just enjoy writing. I like the process of it. I like being able to communicate a clear thought with no other voices, um, modifying my thoughts so I can get the full thought out and present it. And people seem to like that format as well for me. So I just continue to do it. And yeah, it's geared towards real estate agent, but I write about a ton, ton of stuff. A lot of it, I go to a ton of conferences and events for investing and personal development. I share what I learn with other people. I love sharing what I learn. I love getting emails back from other people saying, hey, you wrote about this and it really helped me out. You know, do you want to, can I take you to coffee or something like that? I, you know, that stuff kind of gets me excited because there's other people out there that want to learn and do big things and change their life. And they're not just living a vanilla life and floating through. I like the non-floaters. I want the people who are really serious about life and want to get to the next level. And I love spending time with those people. So normally I re reserve this question, save it at the end, but you yeah. just mentioned going to conferences and events. So which ones do you normally go to? What's on the agenda for the next 12 months? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I just worked on my calendar. I've got a whole calendar. I've got a physical calendar. I got Google calendar. I'm, I plan a year ahead. Um, so I go to GoBundance. GoBundance has been the most influential one. Um, obviously, Mer uh, Aaron Amuchastegui, that's how I, I know him. He's a phenomenal guy. The um, best dude. Yeah. Great, great people. So, you know, I go to GoBundance. I've been in there since 2019. Those were the guys that actually convinced me to open the brokerage. I also have a title company and a mortgage branch as well. So they, guys I met in that group taught me, hey, think bigger, try to start other businesses, other stuff around it. Um, so that's one of them. Another group is called um, Young Presidents Organization, YPO. It's for CEOs of companies that, you know, do a lot of business. And that's one that's been really good. I'm in a forum that meets every single month. Um, and then I go to DLP, which is Dream Live Prosper. They're out of St. Augustine. So they're just a couple minutes away from me. And they have amazing speakers. Um, and it's a great investment tool that we use as well. It's a debt fund that we put a lot of our capital into and get passive income from it. And that's part of what we're doing is we're selling off all of our single family rentals because the return on equity is so freaking low. It doesn't make sense. And I can immediately roll them into stuff that, you know, actually cash flows and doesn't, isn't a headache. So um, so those are the three things I do. So I go to DLP, I go to GoBundance, I go to YPO, and then there's a, a bunch of local events, um, that, that pop up or things that pop up. Like I go, like to go to Warren Buffett's, you know, annual shareholder meeting. I, you know, flew out to, um, Nebraska the other year with some buddies and saw that I, if, if something interests me, then I'm going to fly out and try to learn from that person. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to get the information you're looking for. Real quick, before we get back to the episode, two things I wanted to share. First, thank you so much for tuning in week after week. It really means the world to all of us. Second, we feel like we're just getting started. If you enjoy what we do here, please follow us on this app, share an episode, or give us a quick review. I promise we're working hard behind the scenes to make this show as good as possible now and into the future. Thanks guys, back to the show. I'm curious about um, what you guys are rolling. So you're selling off your single families. What are yeah. you rolling them into? Debt funds. So um, DLP is our number one. And then there's Lone Mountain. Um, there's, a, there's a couple other ones where it's basically you're, you become a lender for other people who are doing flips <laughs> on either commercial projects. But, you know, you're doing it at like a LTV of like 50 to 60%. You're charging three points and all this stuff. But instead of me doing it myself, I'm basically saying, here's my money. You guys go do it. You take the extra 2% yourself. And then I'll sit back and take my 10%. And so every month, you know, we don't like basically we're financially free from these debt funds. It, you know, to lose money, basically, the market would have to come down 30% in one year. 
you know, all this stuff that like really would make you lose money already happened in the marketplace, like, you know, interest rates skyrocketing, all these other things. Um, and so I think the risk is relatively low and the return is consistent. And that's what we're looking for. You said 10%. Yeah, I can go from 10 to 12% for these debt funds. Okay, gotcha. I'm curious because, you know, I'll, I'm in the I'll same your boat. <laughs> no, yeah. it's a, I'll connect you in with these guys. It's There's, there's really good investments out there. You got to be careful. There's a lot of con artists out there. There's people who are raising for so syndications many. that don't work that are con artists. You got to be really careful. Once you have money, it's really easy to lose it. I've lost a lot myself. <laughs> yeah. um, I've lost a lot myself from my own personality type for investing because the amount of risk you take in business does, is not the same amount of risk that you want to take in investing. I learned that the hard way as well. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is interesting to me. So during the peak, I sold off like I would say my lowest performers, my chunk. Um, I had 74 rentals at one point and sold off. And so now I'm at 45, but I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, you know, what is more hands-off? What is more secure? Cause similarly high risk personality, high D on the disc, you know, I'm like all, all gas. I'll, I'll figure it out on the way down after I've jumped. So, <laughs> so yeah, John, do keep me posted. Um, but my next question, though, so you talked about in the growth of your brokerage, it went from zero to very large very quickly. And you mentioned being you know, a top producer with a lot of influence in the area. And I know that we have that newsletter that you've been doing since high school um, on Instagram. You, know, you have 11,000 followers and you mentioned, again, the influence in the area. So could you talk about how you built your personal brand from getting into real estate up until where it is now? It's been messy. I'm not doing it right. Um, you know, I'm, my personal brand philosophy is to be authentic as humanly possible. There are things that I use from other people, but I, I tell them it's from other people. It's not from me. Right. So I think, um, and I'm trying to come up with my own thoughts, you know, that, that are going to, where, I mean, I don't even come up with them. It's just what I think is different from the traditional. So I, people like to hear a different opinion about something. So I just keep to that strategy. I've been that way my whole life. Like I don't care about how people think about it. I'm just going to put out there what I'm going to put out. And um, if people are interested in it, they'll listen. If they don't like what I have to say, good, move on. Like it's totally cool. You don't have to like everything I have to say. There's a lot of people who like 90% of what I say and don't like the other 10%. It's totally fine with me. Like I don't care. My goal is to to learn as much as possible and then share with others who are going to take action with it and actually make a difference and have an impact in the world with it. And that's what gets me really excited. There's really not been like some secret sauce to the personal brand. Other than that, um, I think if you just be honest and you just say what's on your mind, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be there. I mean, I've been consistent. I've been inconsistent. I've had three kids in the last five years. Like I'm not going to be consistent in that type of environment. Um, and that's been totally okay. Things have still grown through there. Um, because now I'm learning different things as I, as I grow and, um, as a human, not just as a business owner. And I write about that stuff too. And people are attracted to that. So it's just like, I'm just writing about what's up in my life and other people who are attracted to what's going on with me, then I'll just share what I can. Makes sense. Totally. Um, okay. I have to make sure that I loop this back because I'm about to go. I've, I've been off-roading this whole time because it's interesting. I've, this is fun for me. Um, but I need to make sure that we deliver on what I promised in the beginning, which were two things, which was if, if an agent is listening who's doing you know three to eight million in volume and looking to double next year, some, some stuff that they could be doing and the profitability profitability piece. So John, yeah. can you talk us through that in any order in which you'd like to go? Sure. I mean, so there's, there's a couple different agents out there. There's the solo agent. The solo agent should be making over 70% profit margin period. There's a solo agent that then gets a transaction coordinator. It should still be around 65 to 70% from there. Then there's the traditional model, which you're supposed to get a buyer agent and split it 50, 50 with them. That model is like, not being adopted as much anymore because of the profitability issue. And so instead of that, we sub that out with getting the showing agents <laughs> and with the showing agent and the TC and a solo agent, you can easily get to over a hundred units with no problem. Now the reality is most agents don't get there. 
because they don't focus. They, they ride the roller coaster. They do three sales. Then they do one sale. Then they do zero sale. Then they do four sales. They ride the roller coaster because they're not consistent and they don't have control over their life. They kind of just are floating through it and having and reacting to the things around them. So the key is if you want to improve your profitability, you need your business plan. You need to stick to it. You want to follow a calendar that's fairly regimen, not too regimen, but you want to really like be critically thinking about how you're using your time. Time is the most valuable asset you have. You want to get out there and you want to figure out what variables are going to move the needle the fastest in the shortest period of time. So when people come to our company, that's what we sit down and talk about. And what happens is they adopt one thing one month, then one thing the next month. They start thinking a little bit weird, like differently the third month. And over the period of a year, they'll have doubled their business and made more profit and be working less because they've made these micro changes. And they don't, they can't really point back to being like, it's that one thing. It's because it's not one thing. It's because it's a bunch of micro tweaks over a period of time that makes all the difference for them. It's like, is that Atomic Habits, right? Have you read that one, James Clear? I No, I haven't read that no, one. But. I was looking at my bookshelf. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, they basically just talk about, you know, the 1% changes. And all yep. it is, is is the tiny little change that you implement and becomes your new habit. And then all of it stacks over time. And before you know it, you're like this optimized, efficient, effective human being. And you you literally, all they were were just tiny little changes. Yeah, those tiny changes and getting in an environment where people are all making those changes together makes it go faster than if you were just going to go out and try to do it all on your own or knowing what to change, right? You're, the validity question that we had, like, are you following, are you modeling off of somebody who's valid and has actually done it before? Or are you being taught by the failed real estate agent that's reading out of a textbook because they couldn't figure out how to sell themselves and now you're learning how to do it the wrong way? Okay. And you mentioned, because I'm sitting there, I'm listening and I'm like, okay, I'm committed. I'll make these tiny little changes. And I just want to confirm that I've captured all of them. We have, you'd mentioned a business plan. So essentially deciding on the method and how you want to run your business and then sticking to it, following it, taking that plan and plugging it into a calendar in which again, you commit to, and then analyzing your, where your time is going and as if it's most effective, um, what were there any that I missed in there? Yeah. And then you got to report it back. So you got to report it back to like a pod. So like we all, we all have pods, like in GoBundance, it's a pod and YPO, it's a pod. You got to have an accountability group. That's going to call you out on your crap. If you don't have that last piece, it's going to be, and you want that accountability group. If you can hand select them to be further ahead of you in the journey by like two to three X. So if you're a 10 million, like if you're a $10 million producer, you want to learn from the 30 million or the 50 million. You don't want to be learning from a five million. You don't want the five million guy in your pod. You want the you want the one that's higher up. <laughs> Sorry, you got to you got to chop them. Uh, you'd be like, hey, we can hang out here, but you're not in my pod. But you want to you want to level up. The way you get to the next level is surrounding yourself with people at the next level, and then having them be bought into your success through these pods. Ask them to mentor you. Ask them for fifteen minutes of your time and report to them what you're doing. Here's what I'm doing. Here's when I'm doing it. Here's what my calendar looks like, right? Because the mentors aren't going to want to invest in you if you don't have your stuff together and they don't see you taking action because it's a complete waste of their time if you do nothing with what they share with you, share to you. So you have to report to them. That will get them bought in. That is your ticket. And then they will give you advice from there. You'll get free advice from somebody who's doing three to five times more than you and your business will explode. Um, and then you'll have the micro tweaks. I see you smiling there. You want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just laughing. We do pods too in our community, which full out sold from GoBundance, of course. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I talk about though, is like everyone, especially the new ones, the new agents are like, I want to be in a pod with someone who's above me, just like you said. But my response to them is those people do not want to be with you. You have to, you know, earn a place earn at it. their table. Yeah. So I guess, and you mentioned if you get the choice, you know, pick the people above you. So in your, in your community, I guess, do you guys like assign pods? And if you do that, or do you like let them choose? Can talk more about pods, would you? Yeah. The, the reality is that the people who are the bottom 80% of producers, which is literally 80%, they, um, they do not have the habits and skill sets at that time to be successful in a pod. They are not responsible enough. They haven't produced enough. They, they have not got to the level where they need to be. They don't have a track record. 
So they need to produce their track record and actually get results before they join a pod. There needs to be a threshold. Why does GoBundance work? Because you have to be worth $2 million to be even eligible to be in a pod. And then even then you can get kicked out. But everybody at least has a minimum standard of how they can be in a pod and be consistently committed to being in a pod. Because the type of person who's worth $2 million is already all of those things. They're already responsible. They're going to show up on time. The brand new agent who's never been an entrepreneur before, putting them in a pod is not a good idea. They're not going to, they need more hands-on training. They need to be in a classroom, probably. They need to actually show results before they have the eligibility to join a pod. Um, so the best thing, if you want to go find a mentor, go take the massive action and get the result and then ask for tweaks from there. Don't just like expect the mentor to just hand everything to you. That's ridiculous. That's never happened. It never will happen. Uh, men mentors don't want to mentor people who don't take action and just sit in a classroom all day. Dude, totally. Okay. <laughs> I have... My opinion. I have no, dude, it's good. And you, like you said, just share your opinion because there's a bunch of people listening who are like, preach. Uh, me too. I have to keep this thing muted or else I'd just be like, yeah, like the whole time. Um, okay. One, one more question. Then the last question, then wrap up. Okay. If you were starting again from nothing today, like you didn't have a personal brand, you didn't have the newsletter and you were broke and you had to pay money, you know, you had to pay bills quickly. Like what is the marketing strategy in which you would do? There's a lot of options. So there's 21 different lead generate lead generation tools that you what can go you after. What would you do though? And John Brooks. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would do what I did. I analyzed my personality profile. I looked at the 21. I circled the ones I thought I could do best um, that were free because I had no money. And I would do it again. I would do the open open houses. I mean, a freaking unbelievable opportunity. I don't think people understand what an open house actually is. Like, you got to go out the, the three days before and knock, you know, 50 doors. And you got to put the balloons up. You got to put 20 signs up. You need to make sure it's in the right price point in the right area. You got to be really strategic with it. But when you do it... You, when you get there, you do the Facebook Live, you just blow it up and then you build relationships with all the neighbors. I mean, it's this is not a rocket science job. You just got to do all the little mini actions that add up to be, you know, really powerful over a period of time. So I would I would start with open houses. I'd start with door knocking. I would do I'd be calling expireds like crazy. I'm so happy to see all these expired listings come on the market. It's a massive opportunity. Most people can't stay consistent past two days in a row. So if you're a consistent person, it's just a ton of business. So I'd be doing what I did when I started, which is, you know, hit the pavement, make it happen. Pound in the streets, man. Okay. <laughs> the, the money's there. I mean, it's unbelievable because here's the thing. They watch you. The customers watch you. If they see you hustling, they want to give you the business. Like they're, they're in your boat. I mean, people who didn't even buy or sell with me, they'd come up and be like, I just see how much work you're doing over here. And I just want to say, you're like the best agent I've ever seen. I'm going to hire you when, when I do it. Cause I see, cause I see you doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. And that actually is very rare. So if you, you got to show people what you're doing. So I would do it all. And then I would show people that I'm doing it and I would share what my goal is with people. And that's, that's what I would do. Pumped. I'm pumped. I hope <laughs> listeners, I hope you're pumped. Go ready to take on the world here. Um, okay, John, I have to ask you what's next looking ahead. You know, you've had a lot of success and you've gone through a lot, a lot of growth, the ego, the death of the ego, you know, <laughs> transforming into this person that you are today. Looking ahead, what is that? What does the future hold? Yeah, I mean, so right now I'm a dad, so that's really exciting. So, you know, my goal is to be an awesome dad to my kids. Um, I love my kids. It's freaking great. Want to be an awesome spouse to my wife um, and build more relationships. So like what, what I'm excited about it's lonely guys when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to find people who are building things and are excited about things as you are, it's a lonely freaking world out there. And so I've had to go around and find groups of people that aren't even where I live and, and make friends with them. Um, so I'm excited about making some local friends that are interested in building businesses too. And um, yeah, like just, just more relationships. I think that's what I'm most excited about. And now I have, I have more time now to, to be able to do that because I've leveraged out a lot of the day-to-day -day things. So I'm only having conversations that I really enjoy. So that's, that's what's next for me is having really awesome conversations and building relationships with you guys. So if you want to reach out, definitely reach out to me.
Perfect. I was going to be like, yeah, like this conversation, right, John? Freaking best one you've had. So- no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wrap up questions. Here we go. What is something cool that you've learned recently? This can be real estate related or business related or not. Just something cool. One thing that I didn't know, I just uh, finished the Tao of um, Charlie Munger. I'm a big Munger fan. Uh, if you guys know Charlie Munger, it's Warren Buffett's partner. And he, in his book, I didn't realize this, like he's, he's a risk on guy too. Cause I'm like, man, like this risk thing, like is a double-edged sword. It's really good at this, but not so good at that. He lost in 1974, 50% of his, of his partner's money. And he actually shut his fund down. So I'm starting to read these like biographies of people that are highly successful to kind of figure out what their life story is. None of it is a straight line, like just none of it. None of it is straight up. Everybody has massive, massive mistakes that they made in their life and they learned from them and then it made them better. Or they found a partner that was going to even them out, which he did. He found Warren Buffett, who was holding all this cash. He's more conservative. And both of them together, like rocket fuel them separately. They're like, you know, it's, it's different. Right. So I think, um, learning from your mistakes and finding those people who can balance you out. If you have a really strong personality profile, I think is a really, is a really good thing. Perfect. Um, how can listeners help you in your business? Like what outcome would you like? Um, Yeah. I mean, so if you have like a growth minded real estate agent who's in Florida or Georgia and wants to get to the next level, really wants to build profit, wants to build a sustainable business and improve their lifestyle, then reach out. We know how to do it. We've done it with a bunch of people. That's why our company is as big as it is in a short period of time. I mean, it's only been like three and a half years and we're number one independent brokerage office in in Northeast Florida. So if if you're looking to learn from people who are on that path and want to continue growing, this is a place that you can reach out to and we'd love to have a conversation with you. And where can they do that? Where can people find you? Uh, You can email me. (laughs) Um, You can shoot me a message on Instagram. Uh, Go to our website, movewithmomentum.com and make an inquiry. We get back to people within minutes and yeah, just reach out. And on Instagram, guys, again, it is I am John Brooks and John is J-O-N. The rest of the things will be linked in the show notes. So go and hang out with John. Super cool dude. You know, I'm going to hit you up after this about the, what was that, the investing stuff. And I I have personally really enjoyed this conversation. So (laughs) thank you for coming on the show. And listeners, you know the drill. Come and hang with me and Aaron on Instagram. I am The Shelby Show. And Aaron is Aaron Amuchastegui, the simplest last name ever. (laughs) Easy to find. Um, That was kind of a joke. I'm just not that funny. But really, guys, you've been more vocal lately, and it's freaking awesome. Like, I love hearing from you. Shout out to Katie Kenny from Chicago. She just hit me up with some super helpful ideas and feedback. Um, But otherwise, guys, that is it for today. John, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.